The following is a Red Apple Podcast Network presentation. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light, city life, I gotta make it. Welcome to Dominic Carter's podcast. This is Dominic Carter's City Hall. Now, here's Dominic Carter. Red Apple Podcast, Talk Radio 77 WABC. You can listen to me, Dominic Carter, Sunday nights, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., weeknights at midnight, from indicted New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez to the state's first lady, Tammy Murphy, looking to take his job. Also, the race for mayor of Jersey City, Jim McGreevy, hoping to make the political comeback of a lifetime. This is my podcast. Let's go. We've had the First Lady Tammy Murphy on many times talking about maternal health, uh, Nurture NJ, a very significant initiative. She's running for the U.S. Senate. To those who question, particularly in the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, wait a minute, the governor's the governor. He's one of the most powerful governors in the nation. She's pretty much got this thing locked up. It's not fair, you say. She has not taken anything for granted. She is going to earn this on her own two feet. I promise you that. That's Steve Adubato, the Emmy Award-winning anchor on State of Affairs, which airs on public broadcasting, interviewing New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Murphy's wife, the state's first lady, wants to do a Hillary Clinton and knock off indicted Senator Bob Menendez. Steve Adubato will join me in just a moment. But first, the fireworks were back at the fourth Republican debate. The two main contenders, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, took on each other, seeking to claim the mantle of the main challenger to former President Donald Trump with the Iowa caucuses looming less than six weeks away. God, Vivek Ramaswamy is annoying. So annoying that he may have ended his campaign at the debate. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie exploded at Ramaswamy for attacking Nikki Haley's intelligence. We'll never put Ukraine in Russia and then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable. Not my deal. That's that, not my deal. Yes, Chris. it's exactly what I'll, you said. I'll you do this too. at every debate. I'll just, I'll you exactly say, no, no, don't interrupt me. I didn't interrupt you. Okay? You tell say this. You, you do this. At, you go do this at every debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you out on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to say what? No, I'm not done yet. Well, this is now look. This is nonsense. This is the fourth debate, the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So <laughs> shut up for a while. I'm going to respond to that. I'm going to respond to that. I'll take that. Finish. I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions. Her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, 
If you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. <laughs> and while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting so her. So I want to take this. But of course, that didn't stop Ramaswamy from holding up a sign that read Nikki Haley is corrupt. And he was ultimately booed. She said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem, using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris is a form of intellectual fraud, and it actually needs to end. There's our donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight. This is how this game is played. The puppet masters put up their puppet, and I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer coming from the left, and I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are too. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from thank criticism. You. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, now all things New Jersey. Steve Adubato, the Emmy Award-winning anchor on State of Affairs, which airs on public broadcasting, just recently completed a full interview with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Let's talk Murphy's wife wanting to take out indicted Senator Bob Menendez. Thank you for joining us, Steve Adubato. No, thank you, Dominic, for having me. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be with you and your great audience at WABC. Well, you know I feel exactly the same way about you. You are the real deal. That's the best way that I can say it as it relates to covering local politics in terms of being a master of local politics. So we just heard part of your interview with Governor Murphy. I'll get to his wife in just a second. What's your take on this Murphy guy? I think he's a nice guy. I think he's very pleasant and he is uh, always upbeat, you know. Um, let me just say this. I actually, ironically, I ran into Governor Christie at a holiday party. I guess he got off the presidential trail for a few minutes. And it reminded me of the dramatic difference. I mean, I had so many interviews with Chris Christie and half the time he was peeved at me and, and never held back, as you well know, Dominic, letting me know. Not only it was during the interview, then he called me on my mobile after to tell me what he liked or didn't like. And I actually really liked that about Chris Christie. I always knew where he was coming from. He's a straight shooter. He's a Jersey guy. Uh, Phil Murphy is a different kind of cat. I mean, you know, it's, uh, he's very pleasant, very nice. Um, I don't know if he liked or didn't like the interview. I, in all candor, I don't really care that much. I'm always respectful, just as you are with everyone we interview, whether we agree with them or not. Um, he's a very progressive, very um, liberal governor, proud of it, in a state that has is a purple state, mixed state. Um, I think he has some national ambitions. I don't know how that plays out with the way things are right now. But I think he's a very pleasant guy. Um, I wish he took a little more responsibility on some of the challenging questions I asked him around veterans' homes and nursing homes during COVID, but that's another story. Okay, well, we'll come back to uh, Governor Murphy. We know he has a lot of money, and there was talk of a 
a presidential run, but that seems to have gone nowhere. Let's talk about his wife. That's the uh, interesting thing right now. Tammy Murphy. I met her once or twice. She seems personable. It seems like New Jersey's first lady is looking to do a Hillary Clinton in terms of uh, public office. Will she succeed in challenging Senator Bob Menendez? Well, let, let me, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned, uh, mentioned Hillary Clinton. I have to say this about Hillary Clinton. I voted for Hillary Clinton reluctantly, meaning I never thought she was a particularly good candidate. I think she's the biggest reason why Donald Trump won in 2016. She had every advantage in the world, should not have lost that, lost that race. It was her personality. She did not connect with people. Again, you don't need me to tell you that as an astute political observer, Dominic. Tammy Murphy, a lot more likable, a lot friendlier, easier. You know, she's getting more comfortable on the campaign trails. It's brand new for her. She's always been, she's never been a candidate like this. She jumped to the highest level, obviously, other than the presidency. Um, I got to say this. She's going to have a steep learning curve. And there are many progressive Democrats in the state who need to be convinced that this is not a coronation for Tammy Murphy. And it's not being handed to her by the governor who has a lot of sway over a lot of Democratic chair people in large counties who are obviously going to support her and put her, as you know, at the top of the line, preferred ballot position. If this is something that it's perceived that she's being given a Senate seat, that's going to be a problem. But she's done some good things around maternal health. There's a long way to go to be a United States senator at this point. Agreed. Agreed. You and I both know Senator Bob Menendez quite well. I covered his uh, trial, the uh, hung jury. It yep. seems to me, seems to me this time around that he's in deep trouble. In your opinion, Steve Adubato, does he survive? No. No. And look, I've known Bob Menendez my entire professional life. Even before I got into media, I was in the state legislature for a couple of years in the 80s. Uh, he was a uh, state senator at the time, moving to Congress very quickly after that. Bob Menendez is a political animal. He lives it, breathes it, sleeps it. That's his life, Dominic. He's not going anywhere. It doesn't matter whether Governor Murphy, uh, uh, Menendez's good friend, formerly good friend, Cory Booker, the entire congressional delegation virtually, uh, and members of Congress telling him he's got to go. Members of the U.S. Senate, you got to go. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. You're going to have to drag me kicking and screaming, Dominic, out of the Senate. I think in the end, he doesn't actually run, but he doesn't leave office before his term officially ends. I don't think he wants to be terribly embarrassed in a Democratic primary, which is what I believe will happen. Very interesting. We are chatting with the great Steve Adubato, the Emmy award-winning anchor on State of Affairs, which airs on public broadcasting. He is the author of Lessons in Leadership 2.0, The Tough Stuff. Steve just completed a full interview with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Let's talk about someone we both know, former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy who resigned in disgrace in a different time, a, a different world. When he revealed that he was gay, that was the, uh, the top charge. And things are quite different now, Steve. And to be candid with you, knowing McGreevy, I'm pulling for the guy. 
You know, we, we all fall down in life sometimes. Do you sure. get back up? Sure. Can he win this race as the mayor of Jersey City? I think he can, but Dominic, I'm going to go back for a second. Um, being gay, um, as he said, I am a gay American when he made that speech, that wasn't actually the thing. The thing was that the guy that he had a relationship with, Golan Sapel, whom he met in Israel, he brought him back to the United States on a trip that uh, McGreevy had to Israel and wanted to have him be the head of Homeland Security. It made no sense. He was then trying to get him jobs in different places. That was the problem. And between McGreevy and his former wife, Dina, McGreevy, who I knew very, I know very well, that was between them. It was what he handled publicly and the fact that by living a lie the way he was, you know, and he didn't have to, but he chose to, um, and giving a job or trying to get a job, different jobs for go on Sapel, that seemly, uh, unseemly, if you will, it, it was the wrong thing. He, he needed to resign. Fast forward. Jim McGreevy, to me, is a guy who cares deeply, legitimately, genuinely about prisoner reentry, meaning he has led an organization called the New Jersey Reentry Corporation for many years. They take former offenders. They train them. They educate them. They give them another chance to come back into society and make a difference. McGreevy didn't make any real money doing that. He did it because he believed that that was the right thing to do. He has repented. He has made a difference. Jersey City was where his family is from. I think he's a legitimate contender to win the morality in Jersey City. And I think he'll be the kind of mayor that, frankly, is way into the details, Dominic. And, you know, we know different kinds of mayors are always looking for another run for another office. Jim McGreevy will be all in sweeping the streets himself and shoveling in the winter if he becomes mayor. I think he's got a legitimate shot at coming back and being the mayor of Jersey City. If he is elected, is it possible, and I know this is uh, looking way down the road, that he might become governor again? Dominic, there's a better chance that I become governor in New Jersey. <laughs> and okay. I mean that as, as a joke. It's not happening. It's, it's, he is making it clear to everyone that he wants to be the mayor of the second largest city other than, you know, Newark, New Jersey, Jersey City. He wants to be mayor of Jersey City. He wants to make a difference in Jersey City. He is not running for any other office. That This is it. It's either the mayor of Jersey City or he just stays a private citizen. He's not going to be running for governor. No chance. Okay, fair enough, Steve Adubato. Your take on the fourth GOP debate. Ouch. Ouch. Um, I'm not, oh boy. First of all, I'm not a fan of Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm not either. Not, not. And I'll tell you why. I think he's nasty. Dominic, you and and I have been covering politics, analyzing politics around the political arena. Uh, We agree, we disagree with people, but one of your greatest, of your many great qualities is the way you carry yourself, the way you comport yourself. You are a gentleman, um, class. And so are you. Well, I greatly appreciate that. But but the truth is, it's not to be underestimated. It is an important quality, given how uncivil and how degrading and disgusting and nasty political life can be. When I see Vivek going after people on a personal level 
and mocking them, mocking their family, saying all kinds of mean-hearted things, mean-spirited things. Not a fan. Um, I will say this. I, I was somewhat impressed with Ron DeSantis, but the bar has been so low. Dominic, I coach and train people in the corporate world about media, excuse me, about public communication, whether they're dealing with the media or public presentations and so forth. And so I talk to people about coming across in a very conversational, engaging way. Beyond DeSantis's position on issues, which people can decide for themselves, I'm sure it's very popular with, with your audience at WABC. When a guy doesn't know how to smile or he smiles awkwardly in a debate and it looks like he's reading something that says smile now, it doesn't work. It reminds me of Richard Nixon going all the way back and looking at the Nixon-Kennedy tapes from the debates in 1960. Kennedy comes out of central casting looking like a candidate who should be president. Forget about his personal life, a whole other story. Nixon is like, all right, do I smile now? I don't want makeup on. I don't feel right. I don't feel comfortable. That's the way DeSantis comes across to me. Nikki Haley handles herself well. I think she's got a legitimate shot if Christie drops out. Mm, I think likely after, immediately after the New Hampshire primary, it may help her a bit. But she's got to go head to head with Donald Trump or she has no chance in the world because the former president, no super fan of his, but I'll say he made one of the smartest political moves by not engaging in these debates and soaring Dominic in the polls to wealth beyond where he was before these debate started. Imagine you gain points in a campaign by not participating in a debate or all these debates. Donald Trump is, is not a stupid guy. Well, you, you know what's interesting? You and I agree that one of the best things Trump did was avoiding these debates. I know the voters want to hear from the candidates, but at the same time, Steve Adubato, we both know if you look at this as the name of the game is winning, it was a very smart move by Trump. Why isn't Christie doing better? Why is he not resonating? Well, first of all, I would rather uh, this as a citizen. We're doing a series on public television called Democracy in Danger. And that's part of what I talked to uh, Governor Murphy about, uh, about whether he believes we're in danger or not. I think you ran the clip earlier. We did. But, but we here's did. the th thank, thank you, as always, Dominic. But here's the thing. Even though I do believe that former President Donald Trump did the smart political thing, as a citizen, as someone who uh, believes in our, our, our republic, uh, our representative democracy, I would rather have seen him on that stage taking on Murphy, taking on DeSantis, taking on Nikki Haley. Vivek would not have because obviously he's a fan of Trump, big fan of, of Donald Trump's. But I'm going to say this. Um, smart politically would rather have seen him debate. Chris Christie, there's no lane for him, Dominic. There is no lane for Chris Christie in the current Republican primary electorate. They don't want him. They don't like him. I think he's a great public debater. He's very, uh, very much in your face, but you know, he's nasty, but in his own Christie-like way. Trust me, I've been on the other end of it. But it's not resonating. He's gone after Trump from day one. He's been consistent. He hasn't backed away. Those who love Trump hate Christie for this. Um, and the bottom line is this. He'll have a great career. He'll make a lot of money in media as a lawyer doing other things after this. Um, and if he believes he's doing a good, an important public service by going after Trump, good for him. But that's not about winning this race because that's not going to happen. I think he's out. 
as soon as the New Hampshire votes come in. The conversation with Steve Adubato, the Emmy Award-winning anchor on State of Affairs, which airs on public broadcasting. He is the author of Lessons in Leadership 2.0, The Tough Stuff. So polls show, Steve, that Trump can win the presidency again, right? So I I strongly believe that he can win. Assess Trump versus Biden if that's going to be the case to be. Dominic, I got to tell you, as a citizen, as a as a political observer, as a journalist, as an American, I I am I'm sad that this is the choice. I mean, again, never been a fan of Donald Trump. Some of his policies economically, I've done well. A lot of my friends have done well. Um, Some of that stuff on the economic side, I don't have a problem with. It's it's the tone and tenor. It's the nastiness. It's the personal. It's the going after people who are his, quote, enemies. That's the stuff that bothers me about him. And January 6th speaks for itself, at least for me, it does. And Vivek Ramaswamy is talking about an inside job on January 6th. Disgrace. That being said, the Democrats ought to be ashamed of themselves. And they really should. Joe Biden should not be a candidate again for president. He just should not. It's just that. It's not even a young man or woman's job. It's a person who's got the energy, the cognitive ability, um, and not only at 81. I'm talk- we're talking about 86 on the back end of a second term if he wins. The truth is it doesn't engender confidence. He doesn't engender a sense that he not just knows where he's going and where he's walking. Forget about that. It's that he's in command of a situation publicly when he's being asked tough questions. You can see how he panics. You can see how he's got everything written down. You see how everything's programmed. We can't take another four years. That Look, if it came down to Biden and Trump, I know where I'd be, but I would hold my nose harder than I've ever held my nose before to vote for president. I feel as if Joe Biden, President Biden, if he were to do the right thing, not just for the Democrats, but more importantly for the country, he would step aside quickly and give another Democrat a chance to become the Democratic nominee. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a sad, pathetic, scary choice between the current president and the former president. That's, I, listen, I want to be more upbeat, upbeat than that, Dominic. I just don't see it. And it's sad. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Well, I, I close this way. Steve Adubato, this great Steve Adubato. I always enjoy your show on television. I, I learn a lot about the political process from watching you, Steve. From afar, how does this look to you? New York City Mayor Eric Adams, his approval mm-hmm. sinks to record low, under fire on several fronts. The Quinnipiac University New York City poll finds 
Most voters worry about budget cuts, hint, hint, the migrant situation, how it will affect their daily lives. I close that way. What do you make of this? I think the federal government has given New York City and the mayor of New York City the shaft. They have not been there for him, but more importantly, for the residents. Uh, listen, my son lives in New York. I spent a lot of time in New York, my Jersey guy, but you can't be from this area and have New York City be not be in your blood on one level or another. But I got to tell you, it's not even close to be in the city that it used to be. And I'm not putting all, that all on the mayor. But I've got to say, with the migrant situation, the federal government has not been sensitive to the residents of business people in the city. And politically, politically, Eric Adams has taken a big hit on this. Forget about the other investigation going on that only adds to his problems right now. I don't even know how he gets out from under this because you know better than most, Dominic. When you start falling politically and there's a perception, reality or not, but it's perception that you are going in the wrong direction and people are losing faith in your ability to lead and manage this city, um, and you've got a potential ethical problem and who knows where this investigation goes, you got the, they're just waiting. People are just waiting to jump in and be the next candidate for mayor. I don't know what the mayor does right now. I don't know where that rabbit is that you can pull out of this hat. Well, it's going to be interesting. As always, Steve, it's a great honor to chat with you, and I look forward to doing so in the future. Dominic, my honor, my pleasure to you and your great audience at WABC. Wish you all the best. If we don't talk before the holidays, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. All the best. You have a great team. You have a great audience, and you're a great friend. Thank you, Dominic. PBS anchor Steve Adubato, thank you. And that is all the time we have for this episode. I want to thank you folks for joining us. You can catch me on 77 WABC weeknights, midnight to 1 a.m. Go check out the Dominic Carter merchandise at the 77 WABC store from Dominic Carter t-shirts to hats and much more. Go to WABCRadioStore.com. Also follow me on YouTube where you will see videos from me about this podcast and the radio show, youtube.com forward slash Dominic Carter. We will see you the next time. Dominic Carter, Red Apple Podcast, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Dominic Carter Socials on Twitter at Dominic TV and Facebook and Instagram. Dominic Carter TV. Email at Dominic.Carter at WABCRadio.com. Until the next episode, be well. And as Dominic always says, stay positive. The glasses always half full, never half empty. Dominic Carter City Hall.